Ms. Abreu, how big of a role did climate play in this election? Well, this is really Canada's first climate election and has pretty fundamentally shifted the politics of climate change in this country. We saw 63% of Canadians vote for parties that had strong climate platforms. We saw each of the federal parties feel the pressure to deliver climate platforms, although there was a significant variance in the quality of those platforms. And we saw climate change uh, rise as the number one substantive policy issue that cut through the mudslinging and name-calling that otherwise characterized this election. What are some of the ideas that were part of the campaign that you would like to see implemented? When we take a look at the platforms that were delivered by those parties that are going to have to work together under this minority government to get some to get the job done. We see that the Liberals, the New Democratic Party of Canada, the Green Party of Canada, all agree that this country needs to step up the ambition of our climate commitments. So we need to meet that 2020 deadline set out by the UN to come back to the table with a stronger commitment under the Paris Agreement. We need to legislate long-term emissions reduction targets and some shorter-term targets that help us get there, as well as holding ourselves accountable for those commitments and establishing institutions that keep us on track. But what the other parties talked about and agreed upon was the need for Canada to have a conversation about economic diversification and job creation as we move away from polluting industries and toward a climate-safe future. And that's something that I think we're going to have to see some significant movement on in the, in the near term. Now, as you said, uh, this Liberal government is in a minority position. So how much do you think it can accomplish, given that it is a minority? Well, let's look to the history of minority governments in Canada. We've seen some very significant achievements in my, under minority governments. National health care in Canada happened under a minority government, as did universal pension plans in this country. So I think we can see significant climate achievements be added to that list of something positive that a minority government can deliver. And indeed, I think we'll see the NDP and the Greens push the Liberal government to go further than it might go on its own when it comes to the issue of climate change. Doesn't mean there won't be some tricky conversations happening in the House of Commons, uh, particularly around the future of fossil fuel infrastructure projects like the Trans Mountain Pipeline. Um, But I actually think some of those tricky conversations are exactly what Canada needs to have as we plan for an an economic and environmentally safe future. Well, as you say, there is deep division in Canada with people in the oil-rich West provinces demanding a pipeline. The rest of the country worried about climate change. Do you have any ideas on how those competing interests can be reconciled? First of all, I think it's tempting to say that those parts of the country that are very concerned with building out some of this some of this fossil fuel infrastructure aren't concerned about climate change, like those things are opposed. But it's true that actually many folks in those parts of the country are very concerned about climate change. They're just also very concerned about their economic future. They are concerned about where their job's going to be in the next year, two years, five years. So from my perspective, what this conversation really needs is for us to get to the fact that this is about people. We need to meet people where they're at instead of reducing it to this conversation about a single pipeline project. I come from the east coast of Canada. My family was affected by the collapse of the cod fishery on the east coast in the 1970s that forced them to move away from Nova Scotia, forced many families to leave communities in the Maritimes to find work in other parts of the country. 
And the reason that happened is because even though politicians foresaw the collapse of the cod fishery, they didn't plan for it. And I want us to make sure that we are not in the same position in the next couple of decades, that we see that this oil and gas industry, the most polluting industry in the country, does need to wind down gradually. It's not going away tomorrow, but it does need to wind down gradually over time. And that we need to plan for that and prepare for it, have conversations with workers and communities about what they need to prepare for it, and invest in the industries of the future that are going to protect people and the planet as we move forward. Thank you very much for this. Pleasure. Thanks.